I'm Jill Griffin, and this is the Career Refresh Podcast. I'm a former media and marketing executive turned career strategist and strengths coach. I spent my career working my way up and through the ranks of global organizations and startups. And today, I show others how to do the same. Join me each week as we discuss the strategies to leverage your strengths, increase your confidence and visibility, and reset your career with actionable steps towards a finer future. Ready? Let's do it. Hey friends, welcome back. This week I want to talk about ageism in the workplace. It sucks and it's discriminatory. And just like racism and sexism, we can't deny it. It's real. It's there. Many people think about ageism only when they're thinking about a much older worker, you know, someone that might look like a Mrs. Doubtfire type. But let's have a real conversation about age. I think we're distorted and there's an inherent bias here about people's lifespans and how long they live and how long they're working. I mean, my grandmother is 99, and while she's not working, she certainly doesn't look 99. The average man lives to 76, and the average woman lives to about 80. So these workers at midlife are in their early 40s, and they're just hitting their stride. They have lots more living, working, enjoying, and contributing to do before they even think about stop working. And that's what I'm seeing and hearing, that workers slightly over 40 are now beginning to wonder, was that ageism? Did I just experience discrimination? As they're both in their active workplace, getting a promotion or applying for opportunities internally or on their job search. So let's talk about some facts here. According to AARP, a recent study said that 91% of older workers say they have experienced age discrimination. 91%. And then nearly two out of three workers age 45 and older say they've also experienced age discrimination. Callback rates on job interviews were lower for older applicants, with women having even a lower callback rate than men, according to a recent study. And that study was by San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. And the London School of Business showed that more people under 45 were exhausted than that were over. 45, with the least exhausted group being those over 60. So there's energy. There's a different way that people are acting and working, and we have to really challenge our inherent bias. I recently heard about a 30-year-old hiring manager running a job interview, and the candidate was about 45 plus, and the hiring manager never even made eye contact, never asked a question, and dismissed the candidate after a few minutes with kind of a terse like, yeah, okay, so um, do you have any questions for me? It wasn't even a dialogue. So why we can't prove that was age discrimination, the person I spoke to said they really felt like it was. And only 12% of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives are addressing ageism in the workplace. So there are a few ways that experienced employees can take matters into their own hands. And what I've seen with the great resignation, or as I like to call it, the great reassignment, is having a somewhat a positive effect on the reduction of discrimination for both ageism and with people with disabilities because there's more need for workers. So they're having to challenge their own inherent bias and bringing those workers, those very able workers forward. So even though there is a positive shift, it's still present. So first, I'm recommending that you practice your language in advance. We're not going to have you emphasize your years of experience 
you're not going to mention aging companies, or I did that with insert aging company that might still be allowed around today, but is not necessarily a compelling um, case study for you to use on a job interview. Because this is only going to further exacerbate the emphasis on your age. And if the hiring manager has a bias, you're running right into that. Instead, lean into your talents, talk about your strengths, show positivity and enthusiasm by stating things like, yeah, this is why I love to do this kind of work. Showcase your energy, not necessarily your years of experience. That's going to be obvious by once they look at your resume, but it's about practicing your language. You also want to think about connecting with the interviewer and finding ways to personally connect by using references or finding commonality between the two of you. Definitely check out their LinkedIn profile and make sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to speed. And if questions arise that starts to make you feel a bit triggered, one, breathe. Don't answer the question, but instead ask a question back. So this would look like you saying, huh, interesting. Can you tell me more? Or can you share more about what you're hoping to learn so I can address your underlying concern? When you don't know what to say, finding a question to ask back is one of the best ways that you can find space that your brain, your prefrontal cortex, the strategic part of your brain can have a beat to pause and come back. And then also don't use self-deprecating humor. I did an episode on self-deprecating humor and I'll put the link to that in the show notes, but you want to find, you don't want to say things that are like jokes, like pre-internet or, you know, when we were on dial up and why I'm at it, please do not use an AOL or Yahoo email address. Or if you're connected to your internet service provider, like Verizon or opt online, I don't care that you've had that email address for years for your interviewing, make sure that you're setting up a Gmail or an Outlook or one of the more new progressive email domains. And then where possible, showcase your ability to work cross-functionally and with a diverse group, both internally and externally, right? Again, we're not talking about years of experience, but we're showing the kind of leadership and the collaboration that you're able to bring into the organization and within the job and the role sort. The next category I want you to think about is where can you have a growth mindset? If the person interviewing you is considerably younger, then approach your interviews as consulting conversations, showing like a curiosity and a learning mindset. Have a list of open-ended questions ready so you can identify where and how you can deliver value. And at the same time, you're going to increase your confidence. And now, while I don't know you, dear listener, I'd offer that humility and a non-hierarchical approach and attitude will go a long way, especially if the hiring manager, the person you're talking to is younger. Saying things like you support teams versus, oh, I ran a team or I led a team. Making sure that you're giving credit to your colleagues are powerful ways that you can connect, especially if the person is 10 or 20 years younger than you, because we know that the millennial generation and Gen Z are really big on collaboration. So making sure that you mirror that language and finding those examples is going to be really important. The next part under growth mindset is actually a mindset tip. Think about how you're going to feel the day after you've accepted the job offer confident, calm, knowing, opportunistic, excited, curious. I want you to think about it this way. Summer is coming and there's nothing you need to do to make summer come. 
You just need to decide how you're going to spend this summer. Are you thinking about summer and fun? Well, then when you take action from fun, that's going to show up in what you say and what you do. If you're thinking that you're too old to be playing in the sprinkler or you have fear of another COVID lockdown and you're needing this to be a better summer than the last two years, that's going to show up in your words and your actions. So apply that to the job interview. The job is coming. You just have to decide how you're going to create it. And if you create it for a feeling for yourself now with an energy that's confident and calm and thinking that through, then you're going to be asking and answering questions from a lighter, more confident mindset. It's very attractive. And that energy is going to show up in all your actions and what you say or do. So you have to practice this before time. Okay. Continuing with growth mindset, another common myth about experienced employees is that your skills are outdated. And I don't see this to be true, but if for you, you feel like, oh, I could use a little brush up, then just start checking out some courses, platforms like Grow with Google, LinkedIn Learning. Also, um, Yale School of Business has a ton of classes. Many of the other Ivy League schools and top tier schools have free courses. And the benefit here is twofold. One, you can list these courses on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. And second, they offer great networking opportunities. There's also a way that you can refine your skills and think about, are you proposing some sort of trade exchange? So for example, you know, you can offer executive consulting or mentorship to a younger person in exchange for some technical support, but get familiar, make sure you're reading the trades within the industry in which you're going into And if you need to brush up on your skills, stay on top of it. All right. The next area is about capitalizing on networking. I recommend creating what I call a networking resume. And this is going to link your objectives, your career narrative. And you can give this out at networking if you're going to live events or emailing. This networking resume should have an objective. You should detail the types of roles in which you'd be a fit for and how your career history relates and translates to these roles. You may also want to list the type of companies you'd want to work for and include clear call to actions when you're sending this out, right? So that part, the call to action isn't necessarily within the networking resume, but it's in your email or your um, if you're sending it to someone or texting it to someone, right? I would be appreciative if you share this with connections at X, Y, and Z companies, right? You're letting people know what you need and you're not putting the invisible labor on them. So often someone will come to me and say, can you introduce me to so-and-so? I see you're connected on LinkedIn. I will do anything to help you get a job. But if you're waiting for me to write the email or for me to write the, the introduction, like, In my day, yes, you're a priority, but I may have other priorities coming first. So the more work you do for me, and in this way, creating a networking resume makes it so easy because then in seconds, I can flip your email to whomever it is and say they've also included a networking resume. To be clear, this does not replace your current resume. So you would attach a networking resume and your actual resume to the cover letter at your sending to me. I may decide to remove your actual resume and only send the networking resume depending on what you're going on. But again, this is how you get people to help you fast and quick and be able to get in to some of the conversations that you need to lean on your community for. So while dealing with ageism in the workplace can be humiliating and frustrating, it's important to remember that you are bringing wisdom and experience to an organization. 
And while ageism does exist, focusing on what you can control can divert attention away from your age and focus it on why you're the right candidate for the job. Years ago, I heard a story about a C-suite executive hiring his first boss to be his number two. 30 years later, after they were working together, they were reunited and they still had a very collaborative working relationship. And he knew that he was bringing her on to, to fill the void of strategy and, and bringing wisdom to the table. So this is possible going back also and looking at former colleagues and seeing where they are as far as networking. I just love this story about them being reunited and collaborating. And lastly, I'm going to quote Dr. Brene Brown and say, don't shrink, don't puff up, stand your sacred ground. Developing a strategy to face these barriers will enhance your confidence and provide you with a powerful career strategy and action plan. Okay, my friends, before I go, who is helping you with your career strategy? I'd be honored to help you. Check out the details in the show notes about where you can find more information about my one-on-one coaching. Okay, friends, I appreciate you so much. And thanks for joining me this week. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Career Refresh Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want more career and mindset tips, get on my email list by going to jillgriffincoaching.com. I'll also put that link in the show notes. But before you go, please rate and review this podcast as it helps me get the word out to people everywhere so they can also thrive in the workplace. I'll see you next time.